Welcome and thank you for joining us here at Life Central. If you want to know more about who we are and what we're all about, check out our website, lifecentral.org.za or like, follow and subscribe to our social media channels. We hope this message speaks into your life and that you will find meaning and purpose through it, guiding you through your daily life. Do you still remember your New Year's resolutions or those resolutions you made mid-year, those great intentions you had about doing more of some things and doing less of other things, starting this and quitting that? Chances are that you will find yourself somewhere in the top 10 most common New Year's resolutions. Let me read some for you. There are, I'll exercise more. I'll lose weight, get organized, learn a new skill or hobby, live life to the fullest, save more money or spend less money, quit smoking, spend more time with family and friends, travel more or read more. Now, despite our best intentions, after the glow of a new year kind of fades away, man, most of us don't complete our New Year's resolutions. In fact, uh, a study in the Journal of Clinical Psychology found that more than 46% or less than 46% of people actually follow through and complete some of those, maybe even all of those intentions. Things get even worse um, when we don't make New Year's resolutions. That same study included uh, those who were non-resolvers, people who didn't make a resolution, but they wanted to set a goal for the year, a goal to achieve in the year. It turns out that only 4% of people who don't make it a resolution, but just set a goal at random, actually complete it. That's a pretty bleak picture, isn't it? So. Naturally, we don't want to be in the group of people that don't achieve what they set out to achieve in the beginning of the year. But by this time, it is November. November has not just rolled around, it's kind of rolled over by this time because we're right at the end of November. That bleak picture is looking really, really bad because there's a lot of stuff that we promised to ourselves and to others and we wrote down and it's it's somewhere on the fridge between the pictures and, 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 and in the calendar and maybe hidden behind the, the new uh, magnet that you found. <sighs> there it is. <laughs> and that's all it is. It is a note somewhere. The reality is that we generally don't plan the ending of things. No, we plan the start. We get off to an absolute flyer and we expect things to just go well from there. Very few people plan the end of things. Things should just work out once we've started, shouldn't it? The thing is, the end of anything actually defines that very thing. It defines all that went before it. It's in Solomon's advice that says, better is the end of a thing than its beginning. Now, this doesn't just apply to our New Year's resolutions. It applies to every goal that we set, everything that we set out to achieve. The idea to work harder, to 
compete harder, to give your all, um, to just do better at whatever you want to do better at. Man, we stand at the end of the year and we look at it and we look at the chance we've given it and we look at where we stand and we look at the finish line that at the end of the year seems very, very close and, and here we are in this standoff between things. My encouragement to you today is that finishing is better than starting. Whatever you're working through is not finished, it is not done, it is not failed until you've beaten it, you've conquered it, or you've given up on it. So, with the end in sight, how do we keep ourselves from getting disgruntled, discouraged, uh, and ultimately just giving up on those hopes and dreams that we, we valued so much in the beginning of, year, of the year? The first thing that we can look at to help us to not get stuck there is to turn to God once more. King David lived a real life. He lived an honest life. He lived at times a broken life. But he was called a man after God's own heart. And we learn a whole lot from him in his victories. But if we allow ourselves to, we learn a whole lot, not just about him, but from him in his losses, in his, in his failings. One of the, the biggest curveballs that got thrown at David in his whole life was when he was being chased all over the country by King Saul. He was uh, stationed in a town called Ziglag at this stage. Him and his 600 misfit warriors, um, him and their families were all living in this town. They took all the soldiers and David went with them and they went on a raid. They went to go and fight, uh, I think it was the Amalekites at that stage. And when they got back from this big raid, they got back home and saw that everything, was reduced to ashes, and not a single person could be found. First Samuel tells us this. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. The King James Version there says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. David took courage in that moment. He encouraged himself in God. How do we do that? Where do we start in doing that? Well, a great place to start is to meditate or to chew on God's word. From there is to pray to lay your heart bare before God, to speak to God about what's wrong, what went wrong. And Lord, how do you help me through this? The point is to be honest and to pour your heart out before God. David is a great example in this and he keeps doing it. And we're going to look at David and some of that pouring his heart out a few times today. One of the places is in Psalm 109. He writes this, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is full of pain. I am fading like a shadow at dusk. I am brushed off like a locust. My knees are weak from fasting, and I am skin and bone. 
I'm a joke to people everywhere. When they see me, they shake their heads in scorn. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me because of your unfailing love. Let them see that this is your doing, that you yourself have done it, Lord. Then let them curse me if they like, but you will bless me. When they attack me, they will be disgraced. But I, your servant, will go right on rejoicing. May my accusers be clothed with disgrace. May the humiliation cover them like a cloak. But I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising him to everyone. For he stands beside the needy, ready to save them from those who condemn them. God is not offended by our honesty. No, he welcomes our honesty. So we can turn to him once more. Lay our hearts bare and say, Lord, help. Find him in his word and see how he helps you through his word. The second thing that we can look at in these times are to look for the truth. Have you noticed how when things go haywire, it's like you get bombarded with all these thoughts that isn't true. But true or not, these thoughts have a way to cut right into your insecurity. They cut right down to your past hurts. They cut right down to the places that remind you of everything that you could have done better and that you could have done wrong and that you would have done wrong. Everything that you were out of control of, everything that you aren't in control of, and everything that you will ever not be in control of, everything that takes such a toll on you. These thoughts are reminders of what has happened, what could happen, and what will happen in the future. And those thoughts try to accuse you over and over and over again about your accountability in things that was never yours to carry from the start. When this happens, it's like my peace leaves my body. It's like I am stuck, motionless, standing still, cemented to the floor as every thought in the world just races past me. Uh, you are absolutely powerless in those moments. Those moments, uh, the hardest thing to distinguish between is, is between emotion and the actual truth. And the only thing that seems to stick to you in those moments, as everything flies by at a million miles an hour, is the negativity, the shame, the fear, the hurt, the discouragement, and ultimately, uh, the doom that follows. In those moments, it is super important to know what God, God's word tells us. And it says this, letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. This is an opportunity to be emotionally honest. The truth here is that emotions are not our weaknesses. And the truth here is also that emotion is not your God. 
both of those schools of thought leads to destruction in our lives, destruction of our peace, destruction of our growth, and ultimately, it drags us into places that we were never supposed to be. You have permission from God to be authentic. The thing is, you and I need to give ourselves permission to be authentic, to be real and raw and honest before God. He is not offended by our honesty. Doesn't matter how it sounds. Doesn't matter what words come out with it. He loves it when we're honest. He loves it when we are honest enough with him to show ourselves where we are with him. David is our example in this. And he writes once again such a good example of of hurt and pain and I just don't know what to do right now, God. As he writes in Psalm 42, day and night I have only tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where is this God of yours? O God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Real, honest, and authentic. Uh, David found an outlet in writing poetry, in in worshiping God, in singing and praising God. Where is your outlet? Where are you finding that truth? It was C.S. Lewis that wrote, I've learned now that while those who speak about one's miseries usually hurt, those who keep silent hurt even more. Acknowledging pain, acknowledging faults, and acknowledging shortcomings is the first step towards our healing. It's our first steps towards growing through those things. Denying it, man, denying it is like having an open wound and refusing to go to the doctor. You're not going to clean it yourself. You're not going to close it yourself. And it's not just going to get better by itself. But you walk around bleeding all over the place and you're probably going to pass out any moment because that blood is just running out of you. Emotional pain and physical pain is very alike in those kind of things where if we take care of them, if we take care of them well, those wounds, they heal up and the pain goes away. It's true for physical pain. It's true for emotional pain. So if we attend to them well, they treat us well. So we need to look to God for the truth so that we attend to those wounds, those emotional wounds, well. Jesus said the following in John 8, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. God tells us, who we are. He determines who we are. Not my detractors, not the haters, not the internet, and not even my mom-in-law gets to tell me who I am. No, God tells me who I am. He has set it in stone before I was even created. That is a very important truth for us to hold on to. David wrote this again. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. 
I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Our failures, they don't define us. God defines us. Our ability to recognize our failings and to turn them over to God, man, that is a great ability to bring definition to that definition that God has for us, to bring uh, a chance for God's best to have its work in us. That psalm that David wrote continues like this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. God wants to lead us in truth. Truth that trumps emotion every single time. Not a truth that is relative to any situation. No, a truth that is constant and unchangeable forever. John 16 says this, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. This is why we can look for the truth. Because God wants to share the truth with us. He sent us Jesus uh, to give us an opportunity to have a relationship with Him, to send us the Holy Spirit so that we can have the truth living inside of us. All of that starts by looking for God through His Word, by praying and being honest and allowing ourselves to understand that His Word is truth. And those emotions, man, they are subject to the truth of God. The next thing that we need to remember or that we need to look at in these moments that's tough and hard and we're trying to work through and we're trying to achieve our goals is this, that God gave you a challenge that you can complete. Paul faced massive challenges and in writing to the Corinthians, he speaks about, he calls it a thorn in his flesh. It is this thing that kept on recurring and kept on keeping him on his knees and keeping him, hum him humble. And he continually prayed to God. He actually says that he, he prayed three times for God to rescue him from it. And this is the answer that he gives at the end of that prayer. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God isn't entertained by our weaknesses. No, He is glorified by our weaknesses when we turn those weaknesses over to Him and give Him the opportunity to work through us because those are the times that we are most dependent on Him. And that's why He can be glorified through our weaknesses. Hebrews 10 tells us this, So don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. 
Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For just in just a little while, the, one, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Today, I'm quoting a whole bunch of scripture at you, not because I was unsure about what to say around these things. No, but because I really wanted you to see God's heart in his word towards you, his feelings, his descriptions of what he has for you, how he feels about you. And it's so important for us to hold on to that, to hold on to those truths and to realize that he has never given us anything that we can't get through with his help. So when we spend time in daily prayer, reading, his, reading the Bible and, and, and making his words our own, praying and, and really pouring out our hearts toward God, we find his direction, we find inspiration, and he instills courage and hope and peace and direction in us. One last story before we go. John Stephen Akwari was a Tanzanian marathon runner, and he was to compete in the Olympic, uh, or in the Olympics in 1968. He started his race well, but to be honest, he was never a contender for medals. But things got way worse for him when uh, he started cramping up, and it just killed his pace. Things got even worse for him when he got tripped. He, he got tangled up in, in a bunch of runners jostling for position. And he got tripped up and he fell and he dislocated his knee and he smashed his shoulder against the sidewalk. John Stephen Aquari uh, got up and sought medical attention. And the observers looked at the blood. They looked at his gashes and they looked at his injuries and they... Everybody around thought, well, this guy's going to go to hospital and um, his race is over. Once they bandaged him up, he hobbled along and joined the race again, got back on, on, onto the road. A quarry then had no pace. In fact, he had no chance of even getting into the pack of the race anymore. So although he was much slower and, and he wasn't going to win this race, his resolve to finish the race was never diminished. You see, only 18 of the 75 starters, they quit before the end of that race. But John Stephen Aquari wasn't amongst the quitters. No, no, he made sure that he finished. But it was an hour after the winner had finished the race that he crossed the line. He ran into an almost empty stadium with only a few thousand people cheering him on as he went around his last lap. The sun had already set and he was limping and he had a bandage that was flapping in the wind at that time. Everybody was encouraged by his courage. But in the interview after the race, this is where the great thing happened. I haven't spoken to anybody who knows who the winner is of the 1968 Olympic marathon. 
But there are a lot of people who has heard this quote. In the interview, when asked, why did you get back up and finish the race? Aquari answers in the following way. He says, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. His performance, his courage, and his dedication in the face of adversity wrote him into history. It is what he will be remembered by. When we don't know who the gold medal winners was, we will remember who John Aquari was. Your courage, your determination, your dedication, and your trust in God while you face adversity will be what you are remembered for. So my question is, what aren't you finished with yet? Where are you sitting on the sidewalk having your wounds bandaged? And you know you have to finish the race. You have to take courage. You have to stand up and you have to be determined to finish this race with your father on your side. What's your next step? We spoke around three points today. To turn to God once more. To look for the truth in everything that we face. And to, to remember that God gave you a challenge that you can complete. Your future, your achievements, your goal setting, and let's be honest, remembering that the end is always better than the start will be determined by how you take this message to heart. I want to pray for you, for courage, for peace, for determination, and for strength, so that God comes alongside you and helps you to complete what you started earlier in the year, maybe earlier in your life, and to take on those relationships, to take on those challenges, to complete those goals that you have set for yourself. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you that as we, as the end is in sight for us in so many things, Lord God, as the picture is today that we're sitting on the sidewalk and we're a little battered and bruised, Lord God, will you come alongside us, pick us up, give us the courage, help us with the determination, the strength, the peace, the endurance, Lord, to see through this last leg of all the races that we are entered into, Father God. Lord, help us to see you in these things. Help us to see the truth in these things. Help us to turn to you whenever we feel like falling again, Lord God, that we know that you are carrying us and you are helping us to not just be the best versions of ourselves, Lord, but to be the people that you have created us to be. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. We thank you that you are trustworthy and that you have given us a challenge that we can finish. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope to see you again next week. Thank you for listening in to the Life Central podcast today. If you would like to get connected or get involved, follow us on social media or visit our website, lifecentral.org.za. We hope you join us here again next week.